Hello and welcome to the 22nd edition of the Slow Ride Podcast. My name is Tim Hayes, representing Gainesville, Florida, where I own a bike shop. And then we have the little guy Matt Allen in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Matt, what do you want to talk about tonight? I want to talk about those scary helicopters. What? <laughs> All right, we'll talk about scary helicopters. And also, I think you want to talk about the Vuelta and how exciting that's going to be. Yeah, and, but the uh, helicopters are really scary. And you can find Matt on Twitter, at the little guy Matt. Just look for the little egg icon. You can't miss it. Um, in Boston, Massachusetts, the, in the, the spreader of garbage ball in New England, mm-hmm. we have Spencer Howe, at Spencer Howe, H-A-U-G-H. Spencer, anything on the docket that you need to discuss tonight? Uh, not much. Um, I'm cat-sitting this week, so that's pretty much what's going on in my life right now. So exciting. Those Pretty Manchester rad. Cats. No, no. Uh, I mean, I'm in Arlington, man. I'm on the good side of town. Yep. So with that, we're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back to talk a little bit about the Vuelta España and our fellow games fantasy league. Hey, guys. The Vuelta's coming up, and I'm going to beat you. What do you think about that? Uh, in our fantasy league on velogames.com? Yes. I'm going to crush you. You know why? Why? Because there's so many contenders, you can't go wrong. How many? Uh, so so Chris Froome. Yeah, you got Froome. Are you counting Contador in this? No, I'm I'm thinking Contador. He's just there for stageman, like he says. He's not going to be able to do anything for a while. But you got, you got Froome, obviously. And then you've got you've got almost the entire top ten at the Giro. You got Quintana, you got Iran, you got Aru. Uh, then even you job down, you got Kelderman, Cadell, Hazedal. I mean that's you've got one, two, three, seven, eight, and nine. And you would have had Josevio, but a cat took him out the other day. <laughs> Wait, what happened? Josevio um, is 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 out he's not gonna be able to do the vaulta because he was descending like the stelvio or something and um a cat this is my ag2r boy yeah it's really sad ag2r isn't gonna really have anybody to ride what do you, for the they GC. have betancourt the, the oh, colombian yes. yeah. i was gonna mention betancourt but certainly not for the gc i he's gonna yeah. be there you never know it so, could be exciting so, it could be really disappointment it could be just funny so for um, our listeners that uh betancourt who was AG2R's leader in the tour last year. Um, no, actually, I didn't do the tour last year. What did he do, the Giro? And he did really yeah, well? Yeah, he did the Giro. Giro. So, yeah. But they're reporting that he came to France overweight. And it's much like the, the articles that were written on Cycling News seem to be remind me a lot of the Jan Ulrich is eating a lot of ice cream. Uh, yeah. I think, I think it's more like he came... I uh, came back with like a different contract in hand. Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely and so moving now, on. Now he's fat, and he's not going to race him. <laughs> All right, so well, are, he's going to you... race. He's doing the Volta, Wait. but he just doesn't seem like he's going to be challenging. So yeah. Quintana is there, movie star. That'll be Quintana. Yeah, you got you got all those top guys from the the Giro. Plus, you've got. Uh, I even forget his name. The guy who rides for Trek, who was king of the mountains um, at the uh, Giro. Well, um, what about Chris? He's Horner, gonna bro? be. There. Well, I'm getting there. I'm just saying those are all <laughs> the guys who just did with Giro. Then you got guys like Horner, and then you got 
Rodriguez, who you know couldn't ride Grand Tour for GC earlier in the year, he got hurt at the Giro. Uh, Spencer's favorite American, Martin, mm-hmm. is going to be yeah. there. Uh, Talansky Tendam, I think, is doing it. Also, Mister Eighth Place, Hamar Zubeldia. So he's already slotted into eighth. So you got to kind of build your team around the fact that you know Zubeldia is going to be eighth. So, uh, so we've Valverde, got a pretty stacked. Vuelta it's insane, and that's not even going down to like the total crazy, like crazy. Like I hope more than anything, Rain Terame wins the Volta. You know, so or let's something go. Crazy like so that. what kind of? I do know that there's what three time trials. There's a team time trial and then two in, individual TTs. Last stage of the tour of the Volta is a TT. So how many sprint stages are there? I don't. No, you've done enough... more research than all the French riders. Is there enough? <laughs> is there enough sprint stages for Alexander Kristoff to come fresh off his victories at the Arctic Race of the North in Norway? To you know what? And, uh, it doesn't matter because nobody cares. Because who who, who won that Arctic Race of the Norway? I think uh, wasn't Tor Hushfold right there? No. Do, no. do you know? Did he win it? You know who won it was the guy uh, who, when we run through our tour. Uh, Oh, um, rosters! You were like, "Who's this guy? I've yeah. never heard of this guy. He guy, sucks. What a terrible guy. pick!" Oh, you're Steven. And then he, you're then Steven. He finished top fifteen at the tour, got me a bunch of points, and now he won that race. So, just saying. Steven Kruzvik of Belkin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, All right. He, All right. he came. He came good a couple weeks too late for me, but he was good enough. Good enough to beat you guys. So the Volta is the Volta is looking good. Do we have anything else we want to add to the the Volta conversation? Because the Volta always has the short steep climbs, a lot of it's fun, got a lot of times that nobody knows. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be great though. There's so many, there's so many guys that could so, put in a good race. You know, it and they'll always be. There's always one or two like guys that come out of nowhere at the yeah. Volta. Can I oh, a yeah, small could... Spanish team and then. And yep. two years later, they get signed to a big team, and then the doping allegations come out, and then they never race again. So we'll have that. <laughs> Can I tell you what's wrong with the Volta? Why uh, I don't care? Kobo's not there? It's the Kobo's not No. There. Can I tell you why I don't care that much about the Volta this year? Yeah, you could tell me that. It's because it's three care. weeks long. It should be two. And they need to take <laughs> out the team time trials. Yes, two You're weeks wrong. for the Volta. You're wrong. <laughs> they should take out the team time trial. They should get rid of all team time trials. But the Volta should be three weeks. So, so little guy, what's worse, a team time trial or a sprint stage? Uh, a team time trial. Yeah? Team trial. Yeah. I'll watch a sprint stage. The last the last <laughs> ten minutes of a sprint stage are exciting. I'll give you that. It's just the fact that, you know, the whole damn thing has to happen. If you could just <laughs> if you could just have, like, if they just started the race, it was like a 5K race, and they did yeah. it. That would be fine. So it's but... like basketball where they should just give each team 100 points, put two minutes on the clock, and randomly distribute fouls, and then you yeah. get yourself a <laughs> great sporting event. A lot event. of times. A lot of times. But you Like know, everyone you... draws straws to see who's in the breakaway with 10K to go and yeah. what their time is, and then draw straws on which guy you know has a uh, a crash or a puncture at the – yeah, I like that I, idea. I think I think it's a good system. I, I mean, I think the tour and – some of these are larger races are starting to understand that the sprint stages have gotten a little ridiculously well, boring and formulaic and that everybody knows, like, why would you turn on and watch this day see, or why would you pay attention when it's going to be nothing happening? I know this isn't the Volta, but years ago when we had bikethrow.com, Homie, former Minnesota State crit champ, wrote a great article about how any road race 
ever should not be more than like what 75 miles he's like yeah it should just be short and then be fast and it'll be hard and it'll be awesome and then it's done and we don't have to do these 100 mile amateur road races let alone pro races Mm. just do a 75 mile race that would be perfect television it would be two and a half hours max yeah and you'd be like oh that's great oh boy they were racing from the gun yeah, it's true. Well, think of whenever there's a short mountain stage at the Tour or the Volta, any of these Grand Tours, it's a sh- like whenever there's like a 70 to 80 mile mountain stage, those stages are amazing because, yeah, everyone's willing to chance it from the go. You don't have to think like, well, it's 12 mountain passes. You're like, it's two mountain passes. Go for it. Crazy, crazy team tactics can come into play, you know. It's the way to mm. go. It's the way to go. And with that, we'll be right back with some cyclocross talk. Guys, do you know what? Oh my god, what? Dude, hashtag cross is coming. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, you know, I, I do want to say that I as I turn around in my studio here, I still do not have a saddle on my cross bike or pedals. Ooh. Oh, crap. How are you going to fix coming. that? That's cross tough, man. Uh, you know? So, do you know a good shop you could maybe get a saddle put on? I do. Swift Cycle at 607 oh. West University Avenue in Gainesville, Florida. Wait, wait, wait. Have they, has their ad uh, payments come through yet? <laughs> no, they haven't. Oh. No. All right, so what, what do you got? Out. What do you got for us, so, so the the news that uh, that came out just a, a few days ago here, uh, I'm sure you guys saw, was the uh, the long anticipated announcement from Jeremy Powers of his new uh, cross program. Um, everybody yep. was kind of, uh, what's it going to be? You know, is, is he going to be racing for Jam Fund? Is he going to be, you know, doing some super cool thing? Is it going to be so, like some amazing thing that we didn't see coming? And I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the same exact team he was on, but everybody else got fired. Yeah, uh, well, I think it's well, like it's a, the same sponsors, so well, it's a spire, maybe it's a totally right? different like, structure, but it's totally it's it, got it a different name. That's the, true. Well, yeah, the name sounds like a credit union, right? Like it does. Spire. So maybe he's sponsored by a credit union, and <laughs> I was a little disappointed in the jerk. Like the kit looks nice. Like, it does. Right, it's definitely yeah. got the Rafa kind of nice, stylish thing. It's not as good as the Rafa Focus kit, but it's a very nice-looking kit. However, I am disappointed there isn't even a hashtag of memorance for the Louisville 2013 foam party. I mean, Oops. that's what really got the credit union on board to sponsor this team. Mm, yeah, it's true. That's, that's pretty much what pays his bills. So, yeah, he's got a new team. No one else is on it. And he's yeah. got a... Rafa well, nobody Focus yet. still kind nobody of on board. Yet. Yeah, Rafa's right? there, Focus is there, Shram, Zip. All the, I think I don't think there's any difference in sponsors. But um, why do they release that kit and then not show the kit that he'll be wearing? Because isn't he the national champion? Yeah, because they're oh, yeah. holding it till across Vegas and that if to build excitement. Oh, but then why? But if he's the only person on the team, why show a kit that will never be worn except at the national championship race? Well, I, my guess is that there's probably going to be other people on the team, and they're also holding that out so people like you can panic and freak out about yeah, it. And get no, excited. my guess is that they're going to be selling that version of that kit. Yeah, selling. True, <laughs> true. So will other people be on this team? Do we know? We assume that there will be at some point, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. 
It I've been a, checking my answering machine, and they if, haven't called you, me yet. But. Yeah, if you if you look at the uh, the blurbs popping through on the in the you know in the whispers and the rumors and everything, yeah, kind of seems like most people are going into their teams. You know, uh, uh, Powers' former teammate Zach McDonald uh, kind of uh, announced that he signed up so, to the uh, KCCX team, which yeah, is. Cool. Can we talk That's about, exciting news. Can we talk about that announcement real quick? So he gave it on the Cyclocross Magazine like interview. Right. And the Cyclocross Magazine is what it is. Nice interview. He gets the coverage. But my favorite part was when they ask him about drinking the beer at Nationals, and he trolls the entire Cyclocross internet community by saying, like, oh, people were outraged about that? Like, you know, just like, oh, I didn't know people were mad about me drinking a beer at Nationals when I dropped out. He's like, oh, really? Why would people be mad about that? That was pretty well done. Congratulations, Zach McDonald. That was the best trolling I've seen in a while. So so KCCX, you know, I think a lot of people are probably scratching their heads and being like, what is this team? And, uh, that was Telford's uh, team, You know, it? if you race in the Midwest – you know who these guys are, right? Like, if you've been to Jingle Cross, if you've been to, you know, any of these bigger races in the Midwest, Trek Cup and stuff, like, these guys travel around there. So they're not as well-known maybe on the East and West Coast, but, uh, you know, they've they've been a solid, you know, team for a while. Um, they're run by Bill Marshall. He used to, he, he was the brains behind the Kansas City Nationals uh, that happened down there in, uh, what, 07... Is it 0706 or 0708? I, I think it was 0708, 0708, and I remember going to them one of those years, and it was pretty awesome. Definitely yeah. one of my favorite things. So, you know, long history there, uh, long-running program. Um, you know, obviously stepping it up a, a notch this year, so that's exciting. Um, you know, Who are their sponsors, like, money-wise? Because I see them in races. They come by me in the last lap and beat me by three places. Who are they? I don't know. Like they they just say I mean as far as I can tell I always assume they were sort of like a local shop or something but now with the Zach McDonald thing they must like actually a, have some money to like yeah. fly them around at least if nothing else even if they I think it's pay. a Kansas City program you know that just sort of promotes well, itself you know what like, they remind me of their team though they remind me a lot of like that pony shop team out of Chicago where they signed Ryan Knapp who would mm-hmm, go yeah. around win all of the Chicago area races. And now, like, Zach McDonald's going to win a bunch of these, you know, UCI races. He's going to do them, or he might not win them, but he's going to place well. But they probably got him at a pretty bargain rate, just like Pony Shop did. I mean, I, I can't imagine that you get paid a lot to be a cyclocross racer, right? I don't <laughs> I don't believe many people do, obviously. I mean, what are they offering, not, not are they offering you? Um, ooh, man. Nav's going to... Ryan Nav's pretty good. <laughs> He's gonna lap you like twelve times. Nah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, races. Couple it's of times. True. So, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it seems like it's probably pretty tough to make money in cyclocross. Maybe that's it's... why uh, all of these racers just have their own programs. It is, <laughs> but what what I don't understand is is if you were a sponsor, what would you rather sponsor? A crit like some team that goes to all the crits that they fly by people at 40 miles an hour and nobody can see what their kit says and who their sponsors are and you got to pay for like five of them and drive them around all this crap or like two or three people at cross races where everyone can read the jerseys everybody knows who they are because there's only like 40 to 50 dudes in that that like main race anyway like there's so much more sponsor exposure there's a more committed fan base like to be there to see your product 
I don't know about that. Like, I, I totally hear where you're coming from, but you have to think about it. Look at the Nature Valley Grand Prix or what yeah. was whatever and look at, like, the Stillwater Crit. There are thousands of people there, and all they need to do is walk down the hill and see perhaps right. the Smart Stop bus or something. That is going to be much – you get more bang for your buck, I'm assuming, right. just for and eyeballs than – I think I think it's cross fans. It's different. It's, I mean, it can be different products, but it's got to be if if you're targeted with the cross thing, you can get a, you just get much more for it than just the people who a, are at the the crits are like very casual, you know. True, but look at look at like the the sponsors that I think get it for cyclocross that seem to do pretty well with it. Bob's Red Mill, right? Like they went all in, and now if when I go to the store, I'm getting my oatmeal. I will get Bob's Red Mill oatmeal. Like it's, yeah. they're Me there. Too. I Me think too. that the issue, though, whatever your roommates buy that for you. Um, but the the issue the issue is why are these bigger teams just not feasible? And then Trayvon, you know, he couldn't even get a sponsor for his. What was his? The LT? What was it? LTF or or whatever yeah. his three letter name? And it was like. It was really awesome that he was there, but it was tough to find sponsors, and that's that's where yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah, and I mean, look at John Page, you know? Like, he's always struggled to find sponsors. You yeah, know, yeah. if you look at the last uh, four or five U.S. national champions, none of them have, like, been able to stick with a big program. What I find... It's, it's it weird. Hard, I find it hard to believe that some of these bigger programs, and I was hopeful that Optum was going to do it, like these national-level Right. teams like yeah. Jelly Belly they had Jeremy Powers like it would have been awesome if Jelly Belly just invested in a like took a portion of their budget and put it to j Pow's cyclocross like adventure right like take the money that you know one less hotel room at all of the races and then it starts to add up and then all of a sudden you've got yourself a size you know a decent budget perhaps they can increase it a little bit and then you've got a Jelly Belly team Optum seemed to be going that way but then yeah. uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how it seems like the Optum team is completely gone now. Well, Duran's still there, at least. I don't. Shouten doesn't seem to be on them for this year. Who knows what he's riding yeah. for? But they yeah, hired uh, Bjorn, Bjorn Slander, and he he doesn't done any road or cross, so I don't know what's going on there. But well, he could have been gets... a good cross team uh, addition, you know? Yeah, Bjorn Slander. I mean, here's a guy that, what, he was in the white jersey at the, the Giro just right. four years ago? Kind of a fluke, but, you know, definitely yeah, kind of, did I mean, it. It was, it was an accidental, it. like, Not taking you know, anything away from him, but. No. It was, yeah, I think you would say it was kind of a fluke, but it shows that he had the strength and the right. ability to do it. Absolutely. And now what is, like, he hasn't raced. I'm, I hope he gets over whatever injury it is that he has. It just seems so weird. Like He has, the injury I think he has is, uh, um, fiance and getting married and all this stuff. And tired of just oh. you know getting paid uh, peanuts to to ride yeah. around the country. Yeah. So um, so Zach McDonald joins the team. We have Johnny Page still doing another year in Europe for the most part. We have in what three weeks Cross uh-huh. Vegas coming. Yep. Well, Page will be, be doing fun. some uh, racing around New England too, from what I understand. So that'll be exciting. At least the nice. first couple of uh, weeks. Cool. Yeah. And uh, is Todd Wells going to be out racing this year? Do we know? Like rocking the specialized, or is he going all in with mountain biking again? I don't know. I haven't heard anything. It probably. When, are, when did the Olympics come in? Uh, 2016. 
Should probably he'll probably race Wait, cross. <laughs> do we? Do you think Todd Wells can make the Olympic team in mountain biking again? Who else are they gonna put on it? What about that Sam Schultz kid? He oh, was yeah. in the Olympics and did all right. If there's one thing USA really USA Cycling really loves, it's really old dudes on their cycling Olympic team. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, it's proven. All right, we'll be back in a second. So, guys, we're near the end of uh, the podcast. We'll get to our bests of the week. I'm sure you got some uh, worst of the week. I want to start off with the best of the week. Um, this came out, I think, when we were recording the last episode, but it was one of my favorite Twitter uh, folks, Results Boy, Colin, out of New England, who is the genius behind cyclocrossresults.com, which – Little guy, do you have anything to add about cyclocrossresults.com? I've beaten Spencer more than I've beaten anybody. 26 <laughs> times, according to cycling results. 26 <laughs> times. Do you have this written down so, you know, so you've beaten him 26 how, times? How many of those times did I give you a ride to that race? <laughs> probably many, but, you know, I probably gave you a ride to the race you know, the other so, half of the time. So if I so hadn't I done mean, that, you wouldn't have won any of those because you just wouldn't have went. <laughs> Whatever. It goes back and forth. You wouldn't have been in the race if I hadn't brought my checkbook. So yeah, that's true. I, so, I do forget my checkbook pretty much every race. So seven days ago, so exactly a week ago, um, Colin wrote a blog post where it was titled Sam Anderson Cheats at Mountain Bike Racing. And the whole gist of this entire post was calling out this guy who – has won who won the individual prize for the fastest lap at the 24-hour race um, of Great Glen in uh, New England, and he went back and looked at all of the data over the years and about how this guy is beating Justin Lindine, like you know the top mountain biker in the area or one of the top in the country, by like three minutes on different times, and he's and he's beating the these lap times in the middle of the night when conceivably you should be going slower because of the lights and he has yeah. all of this data and all of this great comments and he basically just calls this guy out in a fashion that was amazing it made me like that is what the internet is for <laughs> and then he starts com- like the, the the comment section he talks about how he's gotten like responses from this guy's facebook and he just in detail talks about where these fastest laps are happening and it's awesome um, he breaks down how he's got slower laps <laughs> at the beginning of the race and faster laps overnight and then slow laps again at the end and basically says he's cutting the course in the middle yeah. of the night or his fastest lap is when like it's a double lap like he's going out to do two in a row and it's the second of his two laps <laughs> that's like four minutes faster nice. so anyways there's this post Everyone on the internet should read it because at some point cheating catches up with you. And this is this is pretty good. And when, well Tim, I wanna ask you, do you do you think that Colin proved beyond a reasonable doubt that this dude did actually cheat? Yes. Or do you think there's room you know, like I it, don't... it could have happened legit? 
I don't think it could have happened legit. And the reason why is... I didn't ask you if you thought it happened legit or not. I think there is not... Is it... it is it if proven? I was the jury, if I was the jury and I was instructed, if there is reasonable doubt, I would feel that it has been proven. Interesting. Okay. I may have been the one person in that jury. Like everyone, read it. Let us know what you think. Yeah. But I am. I believe I, I, that this has gone on for three years, hmm. as he laid out, and it's, it's always in the middle of the night. Your lap times are not going to go. He's beating one of the best mountain like. Yeah, amazing. well, he goes on and on about how, you know, this guy's results are like mid-pack or end-of-pack kind of Cat 1 mountain bike race, race guy. And so like little guy then he's time. destroying Lindine, who was 11th at Nationals, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I, and I think he's probably right. Like, I, I think he's on to something. Um, I'll give him that. But at the same time, I don't know if he proved it. I think he well, has a lot of damning evidence but i don't know yes. that he put it together exactly ah. right well but see that's why even if he didn't put it together exactly right what i love is that this entire thing is what like this was what blogging bike blogging oh, was yeah. in 2006 you're bringing like, it back this, he is he's this, taking it back like, colin has brought it back to to the essence of just calling someone out and it's amazing Maybe there's a libel lawsuit here. There probably very well could be that he would lose. But, sure, uh... but then the defense would be, oh, well, then prove it in court that you didn't cheat, right? I mean, this is awesome. Yeah. Oh, and then, yeah, how he conveniently doesn't ride with the Garmin and, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. Like, oh, he usually Strava's with his iPhone, but he didn't Strava that time. And like, <laughs> all this weird stuff, you know, like. So it's very circumstantial, but very damning. There's 187 <laughs> comments. Yeah, it's insane. It's, it's amazing. Like this, Colin, you're not listening to the podcast anymore, I'm sure. But this is great. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, little guy. Yeah. What do you have for best of the week? Um, I was riding along the creek in South Minneapolis on the little little path. I was being a path elite. And there was weird little things in the path, so I stopped, and there was crayfish walking across the path. So <laughs> like that's I'm, weird, because like why upright? are crayfish walking across the path? Um, what'd you say? Like what? walking upright? Like just like no, they like at you walking, and they got a cigar, no, no, and they're like, hey, what's the best up? Right. No, they're, they're walking on all <laughs> however many legs they have down. You're thinking of Mr. Peanut, Spencer. <laughs> I am thinking no. of Mr. Peanut. So when I walked up to one of the crayfish, and I tried to use my front tire to divert him away from the path so he didn't get run over. He did. He stood up and and pinched his little <laughs> claws at me and then reached out and grabbed my wheel and, like, put his little claws over my rim. And it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. And he wasn't going to back down. I sat there for, like, 30 seconds, and he just sat there with his little pinchers up and, like, rearing What's up saying, on his like, little... I'm going to cut you, fool. Yeah. <laughs> He wasn't going to back down. He didn't care about the fact that I am I am taller than him. I am not taller than many people, but I am <laughs> taller than a crayfish. So what did? So how did it end? How did the, the standoff at the OK Corral end? Eventually I said, all right, Mr. Crayfish, I guess you don't want to be pushed off this path, and you're just going to have to take your chances. So, so he, he won. Could have died. Well, he won, but by winning, he's probably going to get run over by somebody on a hybrid. <laughs> so, I mean... Not really a real victory. Um, well, 
So that sounds uh, pretty good. Do you have anything to add, Spencer, on the best of the week? or? So if you looked up a crayfish and little guy on cross results, <laughs> it would be one for the crayfish. <laughs> That's the little yeah. guy's nemesis. But uh, make sure you look up Spencer Howe because uh, it's beautiful. Don't look, do uh, that dad. Just do that dad. Anyone have a uh, worst of the week or anything that oh, they want? I have a worst of the week. The freaking black helicopters that are freaking me out. You know it. Wait. <laughs> what are you this talking? is a little guy sounding like a wingnut conspiracy theory. <laughs> I right sound now. like a wingnut conspiracy, but anyone in Minneapolis who was downtown like an hour ago will know that there were four black military helicopters with no lights on, with dudes hanging out the sides, circling downtown with like machine guns on the bottom of the pl- helicopters. I and will say that the I scariest thing Twitter. I've ever seen. So, did a couple people life. have po- a couple people have commented about this on the Twitter? Did the so MPD shoot somebody or what? Are they expecting Probably. a Ferguson situation? I'm sure. I mean, let's let's just assume that they have because they probably have. Hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It was freaking scary though. They were they were as low as like four or five stories where they're flying and like buzzing buildings and circling downtown, and um. Americans, we're not good at, uh, at when this sort of thing happens because we all just walk out in the street and go, "What's going on?" I mean, we could have all gone <laughs> gun down like a million times. I was as we were like standing there, being like, "Where's that military helicopter with no lights on flying so low with its machine guns?" Pointed um, right like, at me. <laughs> in any other country, I think that you hear you hear the military helicopters, you you know to not go outside. Yeah, um, but still, so, frightening. And anything. So I did see the big news because uh, Cyclocross is coming. It looks like the Minnesota Training Race Series has uh, got <clears> some <throat> sponsorship lined up, which is exciting. There yeah. is a, In Florida here, we have Cyclocross around the corner. There is a training race, one of the first ever in South Florida, or more Space Coast, Melbourne, Florida. Looked really nice. We've got races in uh, Miami this year. Jacksonville is probably going to have their uh, training series again. So Cross is booming down here and i know cross is a small thing in new england it is but, but I'm, gonna, uh, I'm gonna raise the bar here that's my plan i'm gonna bring garbage ball to uh to new england oh i thought you were gonna train no 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 i'm gonna play garbage ball hey spencer awesome. you'll like this can i i got a little side note here uh yesterday i went to river bottoms and it started downpouring when i got there and it was just a total ridiculous mud fest like worse than jingle cross every year and I got, I rode almost like almost the whole way that we usually ride. And mm-hmm. then I just, I couldn't move anymore in the mud. Turned around, came home, totally covered in mud. Like the most mud I'll see the entire season. Um, hosed my kid off, hung it on the line, put it on today without even washing it. Just smelled so bad. It smelled like one of your kits when you pulled them yeah. off the floor. Yeah. Um, and so while I was doing it, while I was like, God, this is the cleanest kit I have right now, I thought... Spencer would approve of this. I would. You need to crumple it up and put it in the bottom of your bag for a while. Now. Just, just let it hang there like a hockey jersey. Yeah, like, trust like me, it smelled around. really bad. If you ride, if you go and ride mud for a couple hours and then hose it off and like just put it in the sun, it's. Yeah. it was good that I was doing a solo ride this afternoon. So. <laughs> well, uh, gentlemen, it's been another great podcast. Um, Has it? Yeah. I'm uh, I'm real excited with it. So everybody, join up our Velo Games Fantasy League. We're going to have that up online uh, for you shortly. For the Vuelta. For the Vuelta, España. It starts on Saturday, so you got to get your junk in. 
Um, and then also, uh, you know, there's some other things that I want you to do. We want you to go on Facebook and like us, the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah, come on. We got like four people that like us. Yeah, I know. Come on. Uh, leave us a review on it's both fun. iTunes and Stitcher. We get on there right away. Let people know. Um, if you leave a review, we rant, we rise the rankings. We are averaging over 275 listeners. Let's get up to around 300. Help us out a little bit. Help us yeah. be famous. Yeah, we, we're we're well on our way to selling out and becoming the next Craig Hummers on uh, NBC. It's going to be awesome. That's right. Oh, I want to be there. And, and with that, we want to thank you for listening to the 22nd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Oh, it's such a letdown. We can't, we don't, like last one we could drink and now it's just like, yay, we're in our 20s. Yeah, we can't even rent a car. Yeah. Mm. My insurance hasn't even gone down yet. Spencer, you've ruined the podcast. <laughs>